Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Today, we're going to talk about uh, mental health, which is a very important topic always, but especially right now in given everything that's going on in the world, a lot of people quarantining at home. And so the first thing that I wanted to uh, ask you, Jim, was how do we define some of these problems, some of these mental health issues that are going on right now? Well, I am, first of all, I am really pumped that we decided to do this. I think, I think it's needed. I think um, the conversation is, you know, one of the, one of the uh, primary initiatives of the Good Athlete Project is, uh, this concept, this team embrace concept, one of what we refer to as the verticals within the organization, team embrace. Um, the, the, the mission is to help athletes embrace the conversation of mental health. Um, we could go up and down the ladder of what mental health is. Maybe we do want to define that along the course of our conversation today. But I think the, the, to answer your question directly, just it's really clear that there is a cocktail of of concerns right now. There is obviously there's a, a, a global pandemic, which um, for some people has triggered a, a very real fear response. For those who aren't afraid, there's at least a very real sense of uncertainty with with uh, sports seasons getting canceled or postponed and, and all this stuff going on. There is a uh, an increasingly high degree of sedentariness. Which, which people don't always associate with mental health, but the research associates them directly. In fact, um, what is it? I, I forget the study. I think this actual study was out of Dublin, but I read about it recently in a book by Kelly McGonigal, The Joy of Movement. And uh, she identifies that after, you know, people count steps, Alex, on like their, on their watches or their phones or whatever, uh, that below 5,000 steps a day, self-reported uh, satisfaction with their own quality of life drops 31%. So that's just sort of one very easy digestible yeah. way of looking at it. But like to be sedentary for an extended period of time will almost automatically downregulate all the systems of attention, motivation, all these different things. So sedentariness and mental health are directly aligned. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else as far as like major concerns, the obvious lack of peer-to-peer -peer connection you know, um, and, and it's funny. Well, it's the opposite of funny, but it's uh, if you if you look at any of the CDC research or any reputable uh, public health governing body, you find core areas of, of interest. And they are, you know, um, all regard to wellness and quality of life. Uh, the, the, in fact, in many cases, the goal of public health is, number one, keep people alive. Uh, but one A, consider the quality of that life. Right. You know, you want to keep people alive and keep them well. In fact, we're here in Illinois. I was going through the Illinois mission statement last night and it was talking about, um, you know, how they were aimed at two things, physical, you know, health and wellness. And I think a lot of people's concerns is that, uh, you know, we've put so many regulations in place. We've taken so many definitive steps toward keeping people alive, trying to consider actual physical health. We've taken very few steps. Um, toward wellness. You know, it's, it's at best sort of a talking point. It's in, it's on the radio. It's, it's a conversation happening in schools. And if you're lucky in your workplace, but we're really, we're not doing anything as public health organizations to push that forward. And I would even say, you're getting me on a, you really teed me up here, Alex, because like, I would even say that, that we're, we're failing in the physical health perspective. 
because we are only factoring in one component of physical health. We are, we are talking about the avoidance of contact with a virus, you know, in, in this current moment in time where the, the conversation of physical health obviously needs to extend beyond that. We need to be looking at sedentariness or, you know, amount of exercise, uh, access to healthy food when people are just sitting at home snacking on chips, you know, like these are all very real concerns. And just to be clear, if any sort of big wig in a, in a public office would ever listen to this, we have, I, I might not get the numbers exactly right, but they'll be pretty darn close. We, Illinois specifically as a state is like 67% overweight. Uh, as a state, we're like 28 or 29% obese. Both of those obviously linked to um, diabetes, which is uh, the number seven killer of Illinoisans and very directly linked to heart disease, which is the number one, you know, killer of people in the state and most states year after year. We're talking about, uh, you know, I think in Illinois, it's like 25,000 people a year. Um, these are not insignificant facts, you know, and you go to any public health website and, they, and one of their core objectives is prevention. So again, to kind of bring this whole thing full circle, we have the very real mental health concerns that come from sedentariness, lack of peer peer connection. Uh, for for the athletes, the folks that were normally very, fairly active, you, you know, ab, ab, something called abolition, which is essentially numbness or 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 sincere lack of motivation because all the external motivators have disappeared. Um, you have all of that. And we also have this other cocktail of like, man, we're promoting a lifestyle right now by shutting down parks, by, you know, all the stuff that that maps on directly to some of our biggest concerns as a state. Um, so it, it is I, I am. And it's also just kind of interesting that we're recording this at this moment because I am just now beginning to be more vocal about my concerns here. I very much the whole way through just been like, leave it to the experts. We're going to be okay. And uh, now more and more as, you know, as we'll get into, I'm sure we're seeing the fallout of inaction in the presence of these mental health concerns. Does that answer your question? Sorry. Yeah, it does. I think it did. Exactly. Um, And so I think the next thing, would be, you know, we are obviously, uh, athletics minded. We are a sports focused podcast. Uh, how does sports fit into this larger conversation then about mental health and wellness? Uh, if we were recording this a year ago, I would have said something totally different. I think I would have cited some research that says participation in sports is, is documentably good for one's mental health and wellness. Uh, and, it, and it comes to a lot of things that we, we talked about, novelty, peer-to-peer connection, goal-directed behavior, physical fitness, physical activity, being out in the world or even out in the gym, you know, breathing, running, training. Um, and now I think the conversation of, of mental health in sports has to sort of focus on the absence of that. Um, you know, we, we just talked about all those things. I think really what you're getting to and I mean, clarify if I'm wrong, but I think really what you're getting to maybe is what what role do teams have now if they're not actually on the field together? Like, you know, that, yeah. that's, is that fair? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, does, how, do, how do we keep, ultimately, how do we keep this conversation going even though we're not on the practice field together or in the weight room together? 
Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really good question. Um, we just published an article on teamembrace.net that has some of those strategies. Um, I'll just kind of roll off the top of my head a few of them, though. I think the first one is finding a way as a coach to keep your team active. You know, for it, it, it all comes down to language, you know, like if, if we've done it well, and that's one of the one of the core initiatives, of the Good Athlete Project is this character by design model of thinking. Right. Like we, we, we have uh, outcome goals. We have uh, process goals. We, we really do a thoughtful job of saying um, I'm going to I'm going to change this health habit. Maybe it's sleep so that I can achieve this process habit. Maybe it's gain strength or speed so I can achieve this sub goal of being a starter on the team, which will hopefully accomplish this higher level goal of, of winning a championship. Right. So, so we really map it out. But the truth is, and what we identify in all those workshops is that all of the habits have to be good, even in the absence of the outcome. So I think what a lot of people are recognizing now is that their motivational strategies were all heavily outcome based. Mm-hmm. And we find ourselves, you know, this if minimally, this is a good learning moment for people, because if we find ourselves you know, if the only reason we were getting people to show up and work out and be together and, and share these moments was the potential promise of a championship or, or whatever it might have been, um, then I don't know how you motivate people now. But if you can right. really, you know, the, yeah. but if you can really instill higher level purposes instead of goals, goals are often signposts along the way to fulfillment of a purpose. You know, that's that if it's done well, that's how it should look. So, I mean, like personally, like I have a ton of goals. Uh, I, I, I'm very goal directed in that way. I, I want to accomplish and win. I also have done a lot of work on myself, especially post-career as I've transitioned into coaching, um, like recognizing that the pursuit has to be valuable regardless of the outcome. Always. So I always come back to myself. Why do I want to win this championship? as a team, as whatever, why do I want to do that? Why is that valuable? You know, I, I really have started looking closely at that. Anyway, um, all of that to get back to your question that, um, we have to, if we have not done that preliminary work of saying, you know, part of the reason we train is for health, wellness, connection, you know, if we haven't named other outcomes that can still be attained, while training remotely, then it becomes hard. So, you know, it's not too late to bring your team together and say like, what's our overarching purpose as a team? Uh, yeah. if you, you know, if you ask people, they'll often say things that surprise you. Um, and I'm not going to go down that road fully right now, but I guess, you know, strategy one is to try to find a way to motivate your people to get up and get moving. We don't know if we're going to play, but if we do, we better be freaking ready. Yeah, that's kind of a message to to my group. You know, yeah. and I'm just sharing this stuff. Another message to my group is if we, you know, um, the natural instinct right now is to is to back away because this is weird. This is hard. This is we understand that, you know, and we don't even know if there's a trophy at the back end of this tunnel. We don't know. But what we can do is recognize that if we're feeling like this, and there's probably a lot of folks out there who are feeling like this, and we can make a real jump by staying with it when others pull back, you know, so you sort of appeal to their um, competitive nature as an athlete 
But really, as a coach, you also recognize that you're doing a good regardless. If we don't, you know, I, I, if we take the field again, we want our guys to be ready. And that's going to be a competitive advantage. We also recognize that if we don't take the field again, our guys are going to be healthier, fitter. You know, they'll, for, for these months, they will have had purpose. You know, like it's, it's a good regardless. So that, that's yeah. one really important part. Um, I think some other specific strategies, Alex, were came through that article where um, one of them is, is think about, think about what Zoom and, and, and digital platforms like this offer. If you were to, if you were to have a one-on-one meeting with every one of your athletes in person, that, that would be a lot. But if you took 40 minutes of your time and set up virtual office hours in 10 minute blocks, I mean, you can, you can get through your roster pretty quickly. And, yeah. and that's, I, you know, and, and it's one-on-one it's me. It's just like you and I are talking right now. Um, I think the, you know, their <clears throat> group zooms are good. You know, sometimes students really do like them because they get to see their peers for a little while. But I think there's space for more one-on-one contact with people. Uh, and you never know. It, it, as it pertains to the conversation of mental health, those are also potential opportunities for someone to share a concern if they have one, you know, where they are, probably would not have if they were in a Zoom meeting with 50 people, you know, so to, to try to do that. And I will address this right away, too. I know coaches are doing their best. Like, I, I, I don't know many coaches that aren't working hard and aren't, aren't stressed out and sometimes in pain themselves. So I, I want to be, you know, sort of in, in addition to that idea is I'm not trying to add work to a coach's life, but I think you can find a quick, easy way to share a Google document with 10 minute bursts, you know, 40 minutes, 30 minutes, three people a day, you know, every so often, whatever fits into your life. I think people would recognize that that is, that will not hopefully feel like an extra labor, but it's actually pretty enlivening. Um, you know, to, to check in with your, with your guys one-on-one or girls or whatever the team you coach might, might look like. So um, it's worthwhile. It's really worthwhile. Uh, and then I guess the extension of that is something that we are doing right now. And one of the teams that I work with, um, like when I say right now, like literally before we got on this call, we just are identifying student leaders divvying up the roster and just creating a, a ladder of influence is what we call it. So we have our, we've got our, in this case, we have three leaders. We have 50 participants. We, we Each one of those leaders is picking a sort of a co-leader. We're dividing the roster up into three and we're just making sure we work up and down the ladder and we never skip a rung. So we are, we have not only our coaches reaching out to people, but Peers, peer-to-peer, kids are reaching out to each other. When I say reaching out, this is a really important part of the mental health in sports conversation is the way that we try to do it is authentic. We don't want it to feel pasted on. We don't want it to feel too heavy for people. Like, uh, I think when people hear, like, reach out, check in, it feels sometimes, it feels sometimes to some like a heavy burden when really all we're talking about is checking in on a friend and literally saying like, yo, what are you up to? Uh, do you watch the championship game on Monday? Like mm-hmm. just talking, 
You know what I mean? Just, just something. Connection does not have to have any sort of designed outcome. The only outcome is that you connect. You know, the only hoped for outcome is that you connect with somebody. And again, man, I, I, this might be a really good time to give a really important disclaimer, which is our work within in this in the mental health realm, team of race specifically. It is what we want to do is improve mental health on the teams that we work with, just sort of in general. You know, sort mm-hmm. of the, um, the rising tide raises all boats. I don't really know what that saying, but we want yeah. the we want the base level of mental health to be high: positivity, growth mindset, optimism, gratitude, less anxiety, less stress. You know, that's just sort of a base level. But when it comes to like the really, really big stuff. And, and let's just name it like we're talking about suicide because that's affected, you know, the lives of a lot of people we know. And, and it's affected the local community recently. Yeah. Um, we are w- what we're trying to do. And I hope coaches and, and maybe even athletes who hear this is like we are we are only trying to connect with another human. If that human were ever to share something with us that, that was sort of a, an alarm bell or a warning sign, then our, our next step is only to connect that human with someone who, who knows better than we do, connect them with the professional support that they need, right? Yeah. So again, the Team of Race Initiative, we wanna rise the minimum level of mental health in the team. We wanna make it more positive, grateful, optimistic, and energetic. Uh, and we also want to share with people how to have these conversations, how to recognize warning signs, and then don't go solve any problems. Just connect people with people who solve the problems, you know? Yeah. Uh, but oftentimes the reason from what we found, the reason that those problems don't get addressed is because they remain um, sort of hidden. They go unrecognized, which is yeah. unfortunate and potentially tragic, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, kind of building off what you said or leading into my next question would be a situation that you just described where there is concern about uh, an athlete or a teammate's mental health connecting them to support and those resources. Um, like where would you direct somebody to find those resources and to find that help? Uh, you know what, Alex, I, I'm one of the reasons we want to normalize this conversation is because if you want those resources, they're super easy to find. Uh, I would say, you know, the fastest way, honestly, just for coaches and athletes, 911 is the fastest way for any immediate thing. So like, like know that if you ever think anyone is an actual serious acute right now, danger, 911 is, is the response. Uh, but honestly, if you Google um, suicide prevention hotline, mental health resources, I mean, we're talking about this is with all the potential negatives that come along with, with social media and the internet and stuff like this, this is one of the real benefits. Um, I think Alex, we could probably include some of those numbers in the show notes when we publish this. Absolutely. Uh, also, let me see here. I'm on our website right now. I can tell you what some of the big ones are uh, on our website, teamembrace.net. We have a subcategory links to support. So right there, right away, links to support. There's uh, embrace mental health, hot, probably, you know, the hotlines on the embrace webpage. Um, I mean, they're, they're kind of everywhere, um, which is good. And so I don't mean to downplay that or, or the response to that question, but I think there, you know, that hopefully that in and of itself, I hope is encouraging to people is that they're, 
there are countless resources out there. There are countless links to support. And, and maybe I'll share this. You and I have talked about this before. It can happen to varying degrees, but but there's a there's a very real, you know, the metaphor that has sort of served in conversations before is um, the idea that that when one is in a state of depression, it's like they're sort of in a hole. Right. You remember this? We've talked about this before. It's like and it feels like, OK, so you, whatever, there's the field, there's like uh, the open space and there's a hole and you're down in that hole. And when you're down there, it can feel absolutely terrible. You know, and there are different degrees of this, of course. And that's another again, a, maybe a different podcast, but there are different, you know, stress and anxiety. That's a mental health concern. You know, uh, schizophrenia is a mental health concern. Um, you know, self-harm, you know, there are different levels and categories of this. So I don't, I don't want to make this too easy or too simplistic, but in general, if you think about it as like, if you're feeling this way and you're sort of down in a hole, um, sometimes what is encouraging for people, hopefully, is to recognize that there is just above you a ton of support. And I think what a lot of people sometimes find the situation people sometimes find themselves in is like when you are down sometimes you look down you know what I mean so you can be in a hole and if you look straight ahead there's like this the wall if you look down there's you know what I mean and and yeah. really uh what we'd hope to do is create a situation where people are looking up and when you do you say oh holy cow there, there's people everywhere there's support everywhere um and again, in these team and break workshops, like, yes, we want to teach people who are up here to sort of throw a, a line of help down, you know, but I, we also want to empower people who are down to recognize that, you know, if that happens, fantastic. Holy cow. Be grateful for that person forever. But also we don't want people to wait on that. Right. You know, we want people to recognize that maybe with, you know, whatever strength you got, throw a line out because there's a lot of support up there. You know, there's a lot of people that are right there for you. If, if we can um, create a culture that is open to the conversation and if we can empower people to reach out and, and connect with these um, systems of support. So, yeah, I think that's a really important way of looking at it. I think it's a great way of looking at it. And I think, um, you know, the last thing that, that we would want to address, um, I'm not even sure if address is, is the right way to say it, maybe like put the call out is, uh, opening the conversation amongst coaches as well to share some of the things that they're doing with their team that maybe we didn't cover and that other people could do. I mean, I, Speaking for myself right now, even this conversation, which is going to be broadcast, like I've learned, like I just had an idea for something that I could do to better support my athletes. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, you know, personally for me, and I, I'm going to go ahead and speak for you as well, like the coach to coach learning is always some of the best that can happen. Yep. And so let's start to open that up and let's start to talk about it. And if anyone out there has any ideas, like I, I hope you share them with us. All right. Yeah, I totally agree. And Alex, you're making me think this together. I, we've had this sort of mantra into the winter months here that, you know, because we do so much training based stuff that, you know, the, the hashtag stronger together, 
So I wonder if you and I, even after we, you know, this is a shout out to the people who would, will listen to this, but it's also between the two of us, Alex, I think we got to put our heads together and, and come up with some ideas here. Um, let's start this Stronger Together initiative, which is essentially how are you staying connected uh, with your teams in remote settings? You know, what, we definitely want to hear strategies, voice your strategies. I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there to anyone who might be listening. We are always looking for guest submissions on both Beyond Strength, uh, our publication Beyond Strength, and also on Team Embrace, or two publications. We want to hear stories, we want to hear ideas, we want to hear strategies, uh, like you just said, and I've heard that before from our website, we have some very nice folks responding, uh, that yeah, you, 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 you write this sentence, you share this strategy, and maybe that on its own is not a cure-all, but it but it starts a ripple effect that allows a coach to go try something in their place. And again, I had this conversation with a coach I really respect the other day. It, it's interesting because it it's like all you can do is believe that the work is worthwhile and go do it. Because it definitely, especially as it pertains to suicide prevention, which is really what we're talking about, it is a no news is good news situation. So it's like, you know, where do I even get feedback on whether this is effective or not? Sometimes you do, you know, and you and I have shared stories about that before, uh, I believe on the podcast, but certainly behind closed doors about messages that we've gotten from people. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just the belief that this is worthwhile. And then um, recognizing that it's important to go do. I'll share one last thing because I, I do want to sort of recognize that, you know, this, the coach side of things. Like coaches have families, coaches have jobs, coaches are, you know, they're already working hard. Um, if coaches need support, please reach out to us. Um, you know, we do professional development all the time. There's no reason we can't have a conversation with you and your staff about what can be done inter staff. It's not just peer to peer connection that's lost. It's like moments on bus rides and in locker rooms and things like that between adults. So um, reach out. And again, and that's, that's ultimately the message that, you know, we believe in it to bring it full circle team embrace is about embracing the conversation of mental health and athletics, knowing that there's not one resource that we can hand out. It's not like a bullet point list of just do this, you're going to be fine, but it's regularly develop. It's, it's developing um, a fitness uh, and endurance to have the conversation regularly to create cultures wherein this conversation is normalized. Um, and we can, you know, and, and, and like we've said before, the way that we run our workshops, like this isn't cut and paste soft stuff, like take care of your mental health. It's like, no, be, like if you're a fullback and it's power, put the defensive end on, on the ground, dude, like take care of business, pick up the first down, do your freaking job. Like, let's go. Also, you can be tough on the field and check in on a teammate who's, who's hurting. It doesn't make you less tough. You know, that these things can happen simultaneously. And in fact, they're oftentimes mutually enhancing. That's what I got. Yeah, I think it's great. I appreciate it. And I think this is a worthwhile conversation and one that's going to continue to happen. Uh, and certainly want to open it up to people out there who are listening. So yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for, for the idea to put this together and all that. I, I really am grateful for you always. Uh, I'd also give one final call to action. If people are out there, uh, reach out to us. Uh, I'm at Jim at goodathleteproject.com. Alex is Alex at goodathleteproject.com. Check the goodathleteproject.com website, beyondstrength.net, teamembrace.net is what we've been talking about today. 
share the podcast, share this news, keep this conversation going. And we look forward to talking to you. Do you need business cards? Do you need flyers, posters, custom thank you notes, or any sort of stationery to take your business to the next level? If so, then you've got to see the good people at Mighty Printing. They've got two locations. One of them's up north in Glencoe, Illinois. The other is right in the heart of Chicago on 180 West Washington Street. They do most of the printing for the Good Athlete Project, and we just could not do our business without them. They've also worked with teams like the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. They've worked with Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group. They do holiday cards. They do wedding cards. They help you. They help you not only celebrate special occasions, but make them that much more special. And like I said, if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, they will give you the sort of personalized service combined with incredibly high quality goods. You just can't find that combo, honestly, anywhere else. Find them online at mightyprint.com. That's M-I-T-E print, P-R-I-N-T.com. And on Instagram, same thing, at mightyprint, M-I-T-E print. And tell them the Good Athlete Project sent you.